Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Friday morning. I better get this done. Time's on my back. Let's see, we're looking at Pasha's bow this week. Who hasn't heard a million words on Pasha's bow? That's what you do with the pace. I'll say to your kids, bring you the papers. And you read off all the Dvar Torahs, and not only that, you open these English Haggadahs, and everybody's got little varts on Ba'erim Bo. But what caused my attention is, in, in, very interestingly, in my opinion, is the unusual relationship between Moshe and Hashem. Because it's not a typical relationship where God says, do this, and Moshe says, okay. But Moshe has a mind of his own, you might say. And the interesting thing is that God backs him up. This is not what I'm saying. I have some Medrash Rabbah somewhere where in this week's Parsha. <clears throat> Let me tell you what I mean. I think if we start at the beginning of Bo, if I remember correctly, it's about the plague of the locusts. Bo el Paro, be got to tell you love, go tell Paro, you know, let me go where else. I'll send out the our bed, uh, locusts, and I'll cover the sun and it'll be just terrible and of course that plague takes place but then what's at the end of it you know Paris says all right i'll change my mind i'm sorry the whole routine that we're so familiar with and of course power does not do that and then if you look right away the next plague he doesn't warn him about he just brings the darkness he says stick your hand up and there's a heavy darkness for a couple days and then when it's over, he goes to Paro, and Paro basically, they, 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 they both lose it, you know, because Paro says, I'll let you go, but you uh, have to leave the animals behind. And Moshe says, I'm going to take all the animals, including yours, Losi Shoer Parso. And Paro says, really? Get out of here. Next time I see you, I'll, I'll, I'll kill you. And Moshe says, Kendi Barto, you know, yes, indeed. Uh, I agree with you. Next time I see you... I'll kill you, or something like that. Meaning they both scream at each other. They both lost their temper. And uh, Moshe was stomping out. I mean, he wasn't told by God to do that. And nevertheless, he stomps out. And right in the middle of that conversation, because Moshe said, Lo, see for proposed that I'll never see you again. Now, he wasn't told that. I mean, how does Moshe know he'll never see Paro again? He's an employee. He's supposed to take God's instructions. Maybe... There's supposed to be 11 plagues or 13 plagues. We don't know. After the story's over, you know there were 10 plagues, but they didn't know at that time. And the Pusik indeed says, right then and there, this is in the Medish Rabbah, right then and there, when Moshe says, I'll never see you again, God says, wait a second. There's one more plague coming, and you have to tell him about it. And then I'll really let you go. And by the way, tell everybody to uh, borrow the gold and the silver. And then Moshe says, speaking to Paro, because he just said, I'll never see you again, but he hasn't walked out yet. He said, I just want you to know something, my man. Uh, In the middle of the night, God's going to send an angel of death and kill all the firstborn, including your own. 
And then, and this is Moshe screaming, he says, you're all going to die, and we're not going to die, and the dogs won't even bark, and it's going to be a symbol of the fact that God is racist. He says he likes the Jews and hates the Egyptians, because you're all going to die, and we're not going to die. Uh, in order you should know, Yafla means discriminate. In order, this plague is going to happen, so you're going to see two kids standing next to each other, one that's Egyptian, one that's Jewish, and this one's going to die, and the other's not going to die. You should know, that God is discriminating, and he's favoring one over the other. The Torah is kind of a racist document, even though Charlton Heston movie doesn't portray it that way. Anyway, and Moshe goes on screaming, and you're going to come and kiss my feet. And uh, he doesn't say, you, remember Rashi, he says, call a couple of Malchus. But that's what's clear. He says, your servants are going to come and beg me. And you're going to bow down to me and saying, please, leave the country. And then he stomped out, Bacharyov, in anger. And uh, he wasn't told to do this. In other words, this is a spontaneous situation I just described, where Moshe just started screaming. And Hashem never said to him, by the way, uh, I'm going to come in the middle of the night and strike everybody. Moshe came up with that. And later on, in the parsha, you got to read the, through this pretty thoroughly. I mentioned this the other day. You know, because then there's interrupted with the story of the Karim Pesach, the instructions. But then it says, Indeed, in the middle, in, 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 at midnight, Hashem God never said, I'm going to come in the midnight. Moshe Rabbeinu said, God's going to do it at midnight. Hashem should have told Moshe, who authorized you to speak on my behalf? After all, if you hire a lawyer, you're supposed to adhere to the instructions. But Hashem did come then. And the Medrash says so famously, make him dvaravdo. He quotes the passage in Isaiah and Yeshayah, where he says, God is make him dvaravdo. You back up your employees. And as we see over here something about employee relationships, human personnel, and all that, in which Hashem says, I didn't tell Moshe to say this on my behalf, but if he did so, I'm going to not make him look like a liar, I'm going to back him up. If he said I should come in the middle of the night, the dog on it, I'm going to come in the middle of the night. Which is, really speaks volumes about this relationship, because I want to point out to you, Moshe never wanted the job. Hashem recruited him at the burning bush. And Moshe turned down one after another. As we all know, for seven days, he said, get somebody else. I don't want the job. I don't want the job. And finally, Hashem said, I'm forcing you. You have to take the job. And Moshe was never happy with the job. And as we know, for the rest of the Chumash, he's always trying to get out of it even to the point later on where he says, kill me, I can't stand this job anymore, remember? It's very interesting. It's not like one of these things where he says, oh, I got the top job, I'm the leader of Jew, I'm president of the biggest show in the world, and I like it. Moshe never likes it for one minute. He just has to do it. It says that God ordered him to take charge of Jewish people, and as the Chazal say so famously, knowing that you'll get zero gratitude. So Moshe is under no illusions about the nature of the job, but... Hashem never has said like this, you, 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 I want you, and I don't want anybody else. If you want him, you got to take him as he is. And Moshe sometimes just goes off on his own. And Hashem said, well, I, even if I don't authorize you to do it, I'm going to back you up. Make him dvarav devatsas malachim yashlem. That if he pointed Moshe, they say like this, Moshe sometimes does what I tell him to do, Moshe sometimes does not exactly what I tell him to do, but I'm going to support him and I'm going to back him up. And this is very interesting in terms of how you deal with somebody that you hire. Uh, you know, you either give me, if, if you, let's put it this way, this is good management relationships. If you 
warn somebody you think they're competent and I'm putting you in charge of this business or this division of business, but I'm not going to micromanage you. We usually think of the Rebunisham as the ultimate micromanager after he runs every, everything in the world. Not a blade of grass rises, as they say, without some divine uh, command. Having said that, not when it comes to the human personality, as the Ramah says so famously in next week's Parsha. Human personality, God does not change, even though he could, but he doesn't. And so he wanted somebody like Moshe, with a passion of his own, and uh, with an integrity of his own, but also with a mind of his own and a will of his own. And uh, this really is interesting, because usually when you have a, a prophet, or especially a, a, a legislating prophet, you want somebody who's not going to deviate in the slightest from the instructions. The Rambam, indeed, as I recall, in his essay on the 13 principles, tries for theological and philosophical reasons to, divide, to describe Moshe, at least when he's giving the Torah, at least when he's giving the Torah as a kind of robot, on purpose. There are philosophical reasons when it's necessary to say so. So that you say the Torah, the Chumash, is from Hashem, it's not from Moshe. It's 100% from Hashem, it's not from Moshe. But in the story, it's not exactly like that. Right? In the story, Moshe does things on his own. A bigger example of what I'm talking about is at the end of today's parsha, if you notice, because when the Jews leave Egypt, Moshe takes out the uh, Erev Rav. Uh, he was told not to. How do I know this? Because I remember when you get to the story of the Eglaz of the Golden Calf, and Moshe's up there for 40 days and 40 nights, and finally he gets the tablet, and Hashem says, Lech Reh Kishichi Samcha. Go down, the whole thing fell apart, your people have gone corrupt and have made a golden calf. And as Hazal say, Moshe says, Amcha, my people? What about your people? And Hashem says, I'm referring specifically to the Erev who are your people, because I told you, back in Parshish Bo, I, God, told you, do not take them out. I want a racist exodus. I want only Jews. Only Jewish Jews. You are firmer than me. Those are the words of the Medrash. Those are the words of the Medrash. You are firmer than me. You said, you always take people who want to be uh, do tshuva, you know, like a Lababacher, like NCSY. You know, you, you never turn anybody down. And therefore, if these people, uh, the Erev want to come, even though they may not understand Judaism perfectly, even though they may bring some Egyptian ideas with them, and who, but we're taking them anyway. And Hashem said, fine, have it your way. But you'll see what happened. And now, Shichi Samcha, your people have caused all the trouble the Eglaz of, which is the original sin in Jewish history and caused all the trouble afterwards. This is amazing. Why not Kashmir tell Moshe like this? I told you just to take the Jews. You want to take the others? I'm telling you, I'm God. I know what I'm talking about. Don't take the others. There'll be a source of trouble. Just believe me. <laughs> Same way you believe me that I exist. Believe me when I tell you don't take the air rough. But Moshe insists on doing it anyway. And God did not stop him. And we know the end of the story. What kind of relationship is this? I thought, you, or let's put it this way, you'd think the person who's never Hashem simply is a rule follower. That he says, God, what do I do next? That's what you and I would do, we think, if we had that kind of relationship. But it's not true. God wanted somebody with an independent personality. And Jehovah Hashem was willing to put up with the difficulties of it. And uh, he usually doesn't scream at She works with him. Like I said later on, when Moshe says, I can't stand this anymore. And Hargani no Harog, and he said, kill me. I can't stand being in charge of the Jews. They drive me crazy. Uh, remember, he, he said, uh, am I their mother? That I carry him around like, a, like you carry around the baby. I can't stand anymore. Hashem doesn't say, just shut up, go back to work. And I'm the Lord, and I'm giving you commands, and you, t- and you do what you're told to do. Instead, Hashem's like this. Take it easy. We'll get you 70 helpers. That's where the Sanhedrin comes from. We'll make it work. <laughs> you know, he, he tries to work with Moshe's personality. So you see from here that the Torah is a remarkable document. It doesn't just simply 
make up some kind of a fairy tale in which everything is nice and neat. But on the contrary, it talks about the nature of the human relationship with the with the divine, and that in the course of the human relationship with the divine, God does not say, "I want you to totally change who you are," and follow uh, rules um, in a very rigid manner. But I want you to serve me with all of your personality. Um, and I'm even willing to uh, put up with some of the uh, mistakes you're going to make on the way because human beings are fallible and they're going to make mistakes. Anyway, I think I've spoken a lo- uh, enough for now, so have a good Shabbos. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.com dot rabbi david